Welcome to the second edition of the audio version of Ledger. Here's Sophia DeMarcus with the fall play. Everyone knows about the spring musical at BHS, but what is the theater department up to in the fall and winter seasons? Fall play, of course. Co-directed by Betty Taylor and Mary Biggis, the fall play production of It's a Wonderful Life is sure to be a showstopper. The show stars Timothy Johnson as George Bailey, the businessman who feels he, has, he no longer has anything to live for, and Grace Biggis as his wife, Mary. The story starts on one snowy night as George is contemplating ending his life. As he is about to do it, an angel named Clarence, played by Sam Biggis, swoops down and shows him what his life would be like if he got his wish, that he never even existed. This warm-hearted family show is a Christmas classic, and with the play debuting in early December, it is sure to get everyone in the holiday spirit. Nina Fushoni brings us her piece on the Science League. One of the many extracurricular activities offered at Beverly High School is probably one you haven't even heard of, Science League. Including many schools across the North Shore, each month the competing schools convene and participate in three different events. Each team is able to send four students to take part in a single event, bringing a team's total to 12 people per meet. The events cover a variety of topics, but primarily try to cover engineering and design, chemistry or physics, and biology. For example, the past month's events consisted of instant invention, science and sci-fi, and chemical graphs. Instant invention requires the team to bring certain supplies, create a device to help solve a problem, which they find out on the spot, and then must create within a certain time constraint. Beverly tied Andover B team for first place in this event. Science and Sci-Fi was a newer event that focused in on exactly as the name suggests, the science behind sci-fi. This was a pencil and paper event. Beverly placed second in this event, falling one point behind Somerville. Chemical Graphs, the final event, consisted of the participants studying various chemical graphs and using the information to answer the questions asked. Beverly placed eighth in this event with 42 out of 50 possible points. Beverly placed first overall at this meet, a fantastic comeback from their finish in 13th place overall last year. Maria Connor now discusses the Doctors Without Borders exhibit in Boston. In Africa, at one of the camps that I worked at, we needed a pharmacist. Chip, a tour guide from the Forced From Home Refugee Exhibition, started to explain. His anecdote featured a refugee who stepped forward as a pharmacist but admitted he had to retire due to vision issues. I handed him my pair of 599 reading glasses from Walgreens, Chip concluded, and he was shocked because he could see. The man ended up being our pharmacist. This is just one story about one refugee out of the world's 65 million. On October 18th, the Beverly High School Model United Nations Club experienced many stories like this at an exhibit on Boston's Long Wharf. The free exhibition, run by Doctors Without Borders, aims to bring awareness to the harrowing experiences and immense struggles of the millions of displaced people around the world. The exhibit had a strong focus on being interactive. One display, for instance, was a standard dinghy that Syrian refugees used to escape to Greece. Chip told our group of 15 to get in and sit down. This boat is meant to occupy eight people, Chip explained. No one questioned him as we were hard-pressed, our knees and shoulders pushing into each other uncomfortably, as many of 40 or 50 refugees crammed together on most crossings. This was met by a more formidable silence as we all did the math. We could barely fit 15. How could they possibly carry 40? In a similar manner, the exhibition brought us through many other aspects of refugee life, from cholera hospitals to feeble shelters, and all the while Chip told us stories. Horrific stories about a mother having to leave her dying children, child behind in order to save her other two babies and an adolescent witnessing her father's murder. 
He mentions some heartwarming occurrences too, such as a 21-year-old refugee informally adopting four orphans at their camp in order to provide them with a semblance of family. By no means was this a pleasurable experience, but it was enlightening. Quoting Vladimir Lenin, Chip closed the tour. A single death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. Our goal here is to emphasize that the 60 million people we hear about in the news are people. Now, Ashley Blago with her piece on Mr. Guzio. It was during the afternoon of a cool breeze summer weather day in June of 71. It was the month when children are soon getting out of elementary school. Preteens and teenagers are also preparing on getting out of middle and high school for a three-month of summer vacation. When a little boy entered this world by the name of Thomas Guzio. He was born in the state of the buffalo animal in the food buffalo wings in Buffalo Children's Hospital. The hospital is no longer around in New York on June in the year of 1971. However, his family did move from New York to Las Vegas, Nevada. Throughout of his life, he remained in Las Vegas, Nevada for somewhat of his life because that is where he grew up. Although he is the youngest of five children, three boys and two girls. Two of his sisters were quite older than his other brother and including himself. Unfortunately, the both of them moved out of the house when he was young, which only left the one other family member, his other brother, Mike. The good thing that really made Mr. Guzio happy was once all the chaos styled down, things became, became quite calm at home. During his childhood years, Mr. Guzio does remember a favorite memory of his when he was a kid, and that was spending some time in the deserts doing various types of activities, such as building outrageous forts and racetracks for other for our bikes. Also, another great time he had was catching lizards and snakes and bringing them home as pets. Mr. Guzio believes that going to school every day is important because students need to be educated and knowledgeable. The most important reason for being educated is thinking about the future. When Mr. Guzio went to school, he went to two schools, one named Del H. Robson and El Dorado High School. The best thing was both of the schools were located in Las Vegas. In school, he had a few nicknames back in the day. Most People would end up calling him Goose, the Goose, or even better, Goose Dog. Most likely, since the name Guzio was a unique name, something similar would also happen to his brother, too. Yes, during and out of school, the lad had a lot of acquaintances. The reason why he had a lot of them because he was friendly with almost all of them. But here's the one thing. He only had a few close, close friends. As a student, Mr. Guzio did have a trouble in high school with his grades. He was not an A or B student, but he had a B minus slash C plus grade average. After he finished his four years at at high school, he improved much better on his school work throughout college. When it's either a weekend, weekday, or any day of the Weeks of each month, one of Mr. Guzio's hobbies outside of school is writing. The reason why he enjoys writing so much is because every two months or so, he publishes an online journal.
Moreover, another hobby that he likes to do is scuba diving. He doesn't do all, it all the time, but he got into it for a while, but doesn't go as much from the past few summers. Thirdly, the last activity that he likes to do is traveling. Remember, he doesn't do a lot of, of it because the price can be expensive. As his first career while growing up, he wanted to be an artist. But during his free time, he still continues being an artist for the artwork he does for the journal that he publishes too. His only weakness in school was the sport wrestling because he wasn't good at it. Mr. Guzio's fear was being alone and afraid of heights. He considered afraid of heights not so bad, which means he was able to conquer his fear. And an award accomplishment that he won was when he was in high school. Was he made a drawing and won in a competition sponsored by a congressman who represented the district. It was professionally framed and later was hung in his office in Washington, D.C. for only a year. Another award, award accomplishment in college was he graduated with high honors. That's not all was also named the Outstanding Graduate for the Department of Sociology and Anthropology. He said he was the best student out of all the 300 graduates that year. He began his college career at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where he met his first wife. In the future, his wife and him eventually transferred to Ohio University, where he finished his undergrad majority in sociology and minor in small in English. When they both graduated from OU, they both moved back to Las Vegas, where he had earned his master's degree in education. After moving back to Las Vegas, he earned his certificate in special education from Salem University. Overall, the total of time he spent in school was 10 years. With all of the universities that he graduated from and the 10 years that he spent in school, which four of them the most important it definitely prepared me to become a teacher. In Mr. Guzio's point of view, he says that college can only prepare you for so much, especially important when it comes to teaching. The main important key to success is learning on the job. No, teaching was not Mr. Guzio's primary job, but throughout college, he did work at two stores. One was the Home Depot, the other was Lowe's. Yes, it did help him pay his way to college. Before graduating, he was not sure what he wanted to do. He said he was good at sociology jobs that involved sociology weren't too exciting. However, he could have kept going through his journey in school and received his doctorate in sociology, but he decided not to, not to be an academic. Mr. Guzio began feeling depressed while working at the Home Depot, saying about not having this cool college experience, he was able to achieve this lifetime experience. Some friends said positive thoughts like that was the same as the kids, plus making it that he would make a good teacher. He thought to himself saying, why not? Making him have the confidence and have a good relationship while teaching the students of what they need to learn and do in order to pass the class. In his point of view, it was the best decisions he ever made. He said it was very hard. Teaching high school English.
before uniting and teaching in Massachusetts, he previously taught in Las Vegas, Nevada, and Saranac Lake, New York, before ending up in Massachusetts. Since he has lived and began teaching here, he taught at, at a charter, charter school in Chelsea for a year and at a middle school in Revere for nine years. The very last thing in his perspective, he says, for our other careers. I'd love to turn this writing hobby of mine into something more. Well, let's see what happens. Here's Tahiris Pimentel on Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins is 22 years old. He lives in Salem. He is a new teacher in Beverly High School. He works with Mr. Soames. He loves teaching in Beverly High School. His favorite hobbies are reading, play basketball, and running. He works in the YNCA. His favorite sport is soccer. And his talent is eating very fast. Um, another language that he speaks is a little Spanish. He studied in Salem High School. And his favorite subject in high school was English. When he was in high school, he played basketball, soccer, and track. When he finished um, high school, he studied in Salem University um, for English teacher. And he graduated last year, and now he is doing a master's degree, and he graduated this year again. He has been studying five years. His goal is to be a principal. He always say that no student should lose patience because he seeks new ways of how to teach them and he is always looking for ways to teach his student new things. He says that his work isn't stressful, but is different. He decided to be an English teacher because he says that English is his opportunity of teaching students important lessons. Different thing that he wants to know, new accents. When he chose to study English teacher, some of his friends criticize his decision. They ask him, why do you like teaching? Another profession he would have liked to study um, would be a sport writer. I'm Mia Svensson with the piece on the parking lot sessions. Parking lot sessions is a student-run series showcasing the local talent at Beverly High. Taking place in the parking lot of BHS, students will por- perform three to five song-long acoustic sets. Though most students perform solo, collaborations are welcomed and encouraged. The sessions strive to create a sense of community between students. Song allows people to communicate and bond. In a world laced with horror and sadness, these sessions are about unity, love, and song. With songs of their choice, students are free to take artistic license and make use of the space Beverly has to offer. Every student will come with only their instruments and a car. From there, they make the performance their own. Inspired by NPR's Tiny Desk concerts, these performances will serve as a space for students to express their musical talents and to add to the culture of, art, of arts at BHS. Parking lot sessions will open with Beverly senior Robbie Rowe.
Rose, an avid participate, uh, participant in the school chorus, as well as a frequent star in Beverly High's theatrical productions. Tune in to see him perform on BHS Ledger Live, also available in podcast format. Thank you for joining us. Tune in next time to the audio version of Ledger.